Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you love tales of absolutely explosive revenge, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Rowan Winterlace. I was fired and took my boss, co-workers, and the business down with me. After uni, late 2018, I fell on rough times and was forced to move back to my hometown. I tried to transfer my job to a branch in my area, but failed, thus I needed to get a new job. I settled for a a 20-hour-a-week job at a bookie's with a second bartending job in the evenings. The bookies is the target for my revenge, which was entirely accidental. Involved are the following, Janelle, my manager's manager, Shay, my manager, Jorge and Gordon, my co-workers, and Kara, a co-worker at another store who's relevant later. I ended up working behind the counter as a customer service manager, basically a step up from a cashier. It's fancy when seen on a CV, but there's really nothing to it. I took bets, chatted with customers, helped people with machines, and for the vast majority of my shift, sat around waiting for something to do. I got on well with my co-workers, or so I thought, and had no major issues. It was 20 hours a week, about one pound more than minimum wage, with a lot of overtime required of me and irregular shift patterns. Though I had no issue with the job, beyond how difficult it was to juggle the schedules of both my jobs. In February of 2019, after working for the company for six months, I was invited to a probation hearing. It cannot be emphasized enough that it was a probation hearing in which I would have my performance reviewed, as informed in training, and was entitled to a pay raise at the end of it. I arrived that morning to a disciplinary hearing where, without even a shred of evidence, I was accused of 11 different cash discrepancies dating back to early November of 2018, shortly after I'd started, which all amounted to 271 pounds, all but one of which I'd never heard of before. These had apparently been reported and logged by my manager Shay and my co-workers, despite no one saying a word to me at all. Not a whisper in the five months this had apparently been occurring. I was told that it was unacceptable, a call was made to HR, and I was terminated on the spot and forced to hand over my keys and to never set foot in the store again. To my protests, I was told the decision could not be appealed and I would eventually receive written confirmation of my employment's termination in the post. I didn't let myself slump around and feel sorry for myself, so on the way home, I opened up Indeed and applied for a bunch of jobs, and before I arrived home, had an interview set up for the next week at what is my current place of work. Now I was furious, fuming at having gone to what I thought should have been a normal probation meeting and having effectively been called a thief and been banned for life from a place I'd never go to anyway. But somehow, my parents were angrier and ordered me to let them know and they got into contact with me again. Almost two weeks later, I received an email from the company's HR which reiterated the accusations and stated again that I was terminated. My mom sat me down in her kitchen and walked me through a letter response that was two parts professional and three parts scathing ripping into them about their unprofessional conduct, their ludicrous claims, their lack of evidence, the holes in their story, because there were quite a few, and finally the cherry on the cake, the employment laws they'd broken. Now I didn't want much, just a nice reference, 
a promise that not a whisper of these accusations would turn up when my new job asked them for a reference, because by then, I'd already been offered the job. I then attached the letter to an email to fire back at their HR department. Then I added Janelle's work email, then her boss's email, and finally, the holding company that owned the brand, because I wanted to make sure this was seen. A bit of background, the bookies I worked for is a brand that's owned by an international company. Their name behind the scenes is slapped on everything and they pretty much dictate everything we did. I'm not sure if holding company is the correct term but I'll stick to that for now. Anyway, I sent this email with a 48 hour window for a response. I received a reply the next day from the same email that my demands were being met. I smirked victoriously and moved on with my life happy to wash my hands with the entire ordeal. However, I'd set off a chain reaction that I wouldn't know about until three months later. Three months on, I'd settled into my new job, a call center position with double the hours and well over double the pay. I'd gone through training and was settling into my new position when I see a new set of the trainees settling in near my team. Among them was Gordon, one of my coworkers from the bookies. I was stunned. Gordon had been at the bookies for six years when I joined. He was well-liked, good at his job, and a favorite of the managers. There was no way he'd been fired, though I didn't really want to talk to him as I was of the impression that he, Jorge, and my manager had likely set me up. I did want to know what happened. Luckily, on seeing me in the break room one shift, he sought me out and told me everything. Apparently my email had been read by the higher-ups in the holding company and had caused a lot of scrutiny to fall under the bookies in our town, of which there were three in our area that Janelle was responsible for, two in my town and a third in a neighboring one. Someone in HR passed a message down to the area manager, Janelle's boss, claiming they wanted things investigated and they wanted results yesterday, causing him to drop everything and descend on our little town with the panic and aggression of a man whose superiors were watching his every breath. He went to Janelle wanting to know why he hadn't been made aware previously that I was apparently stealing money, why I had been given keys to the shop and shifts on my own, when allegations of that nature were attributed to me, and why I hadn't been put under investigation. Turns out, Janelle had in fact put in my employee file that I was under investigation, but had never actually gone through with any of the official procedures for monitoring and investigating me. Shock horror. Thus, she had fired me for the accused crime without looking into it at all, falsely claiming otherwise. Thus, the area manager took the dates and amounts of the cash discrepancies, confirmed that they'd been reported on those days, without my knowledge, in Shay's own logbook of the shop's cash, and sent that information onto our security team to investigate. Another little detail is that the CCTV for every shop in the brand is outsourced to a private security company who monitors each shop remotely and has access to all the cameras and video. As was procedure, they looked into the dates mentioned to see if I'd been doing anything untoward. I know I wasn't and nothing was ever said to me, but they did find something. Turns out money was going missing from the shop, but surprise, surprise, it wasn't me, but Jorge and Shay. They not only set me up for reasons I'll never know, but were also falsifying numbers and cash checks on the system to hide it. One thing Shay was caught doing was deliberately shortchanging customers by taking portions of their winnings without them even knowing it. Bear in mind, a lot of our customers were elderly men and women. Gordon claims that he once opened the shop, 
After I and Shay had closed the night before and noticed the cash difference, but had been told not to say anything to me as I was under investigation and it could compromise it. He did apologize and I let it go. Needless to say, Jorge and Shay were fired, but it doesn't end there. Our team was small. Including me, there were a total of four people working at the store. As they hadn't been able to hire anyone to replace me, Jorge and Shay's termination meant Gordon was the only employee at the busiest shop in our area. Even if they'd been able to get other colleagues from the two other shops to help out, it wouldn't have been enough to keep the shop open and manage the amount of customers. So they closed the location down until they could get the staff to run it. It was at this point that Gordon handed in his resignation and applied for his job at my work, meaning they had no one. On top of that, Gordon's girlfriend worked in the same shop as Janelle and she relayed that she was rarely at their store in the other town for the next few weeks before the area manager reported she was fired as well. No reason given to her. I was later issued an apology for everything by the area manager and informed she, Janelle, was no longer with the company in an email sometime later. But somehow it doesn't end there. With the store I worked at closed, this one being on the high street and where most people preferred to go, The only other location in town was the much smaller location in the suburbs, the one where Kara worked alone. She suddenly received an influx of customers in her tiny store space and absolutely no support from other staff or upper management. Thus, for her own mental health, having already been underworked and underpaid, running an entire store by herself, she quit meaning that location had to be closed down too. All of this was at the worst possible time, March when the Sheltonham Festival was occurring, which is a huge moneymaker for the gambling industry, even in a small town like ours. An opportunity the three other bookies on the high street reaped the benefits of instead of my old place, as the former customers went to them instead. As it currently stands, just over a year later, both shops remain closed, and I'm currently entering a job in cybersecurity, the training for which I paid for with my current job. Thanks for firing me, idiots. You did me a favor. If you discovered you were unjustly fired and could probably get some more demands like maybe you could take it to court and get some kind of severance package or something, but you also had already landed a much better job elsewhere, would you undergo that process to stick it to them, or would you rather move on and not have to deal with that drama and stress? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is by Ordos Deluxe. I knocked the divisional manager off his pedestal. I work for a large global IT company, and my team were part of a larger extended team, and an even larger still divisional team. The manager of this division is called Raj. He's based in the States and is what many would call the poster boy definition of a corporate suck-up. According to him, he's in constant video chats with the CEO and has a lot of face-to-face interaction with him. He also appears on much of our division's promotional emails and photographic material, so he's a company-wide recognized person. As for me, I'm a trench-working techie from Scotland. My direct manager is always happy with my performance, and I'm somewhat known in our extended team, but not so much in the divisional team. Until this event, which was a while before the COVID outbreak, although I was aware of Raj and his reputation, I'd never worked with him directly. 
I got invited to a company-wide collaboration event in America, which we usually use for technical training and innovation discussion. We got there, and there were some initial social events and meet and greets. Raj was among the group, and his general demeanor seemed appropriate for the reputation which followed him. We went into the first day bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was assigned to a group of 10 people to work on a problem with some coding. All was going well, until we came to do some group presentations. For our group, a young woman named Natalie was speaking for our results. It all seemed to go okay, but after the session was over, Raj asked to see Natalie out in the hall. From inside the room, we could hear Raj literally screaming at her. Many, many offensive slurs were used, and we could hear banging on the wall as well. Natalie returned to the room a sobbing mess, much to the shock of everyone. Raj returns as if nothing had happened. This pattern continued over the course of the week. Raj would single out people for these one-on-one performance critiques. He would go into detail about how work was substandard and how they needed to improve, all while taking group photos for corporate comms for the higher-ups, orchestrating shots to make us all look like one big happy family. I spoke to some of my own team back home about this in my downtime, and it does turn out that this has always been rumored behavior for him. Just no one ever knew someone who had experienced it before. I don't know what the job culture is like for this role in a place like America, but here we have dignity at work regulations. Performance criticism is fine, but not when you're engaging in ritualistic humiliation of your employees. I knew exactly what I was going to do. For the next few days, I made sure that I was delivering more presentations than anyone else and really making an effort to attract attention. As hoped, he asked me for a chat and pulled me into the hall. He didn't wait for the door to close before starting his rant. Experiencing it firsthand was interesting. He claimed I had no idea what I was talking about, even though it had likely been about 20 years since he did any technical work himself. He was vile, shouting and spitting in my face. I also learned what those banging noises were. He would punch doors and slam his hands on the wall near me, as if to try and intimidate me. I was prepared mentally though, and just smiled and nodded during the entire rant. He looked angry that I was reacting this way, and by the end of it, I thought he was legitimately going to burst a blood vessel. When he was finished, I asked him if he was done. He told me to get out of his sight, and that's when I did it. I gave him a Glasgow kiss. For those unfamiliar, it's a headbutt, and it's not the first headbutt I've delivered in my life. Having been brought up near Glasgow, he collapsed to the floor in shock, holding his nose, which didn't bleed unfortunately, looking up at me. I leaned down, and in my most Glaswegian accent, I whispered to him, If you ever disrespect me or my colleagues again, I'll kick the utter freak out of you next time, you runt. I went back in the room while he did not. Inevitably, I got the HR call, Raj was in the room as well, and I could see that he had two black eyes as a result of the headbutt. I was asked to explain myself, and I told the truth, mostly. I explained about his abusive behavior, but focused specifically on the hand slamming and how it had been intimidating me. It hadn't really, but I massively played up on this aspect of the encounter. I described the headbutt as a reaction when he slammed the wall right next to my head with his hands. I wasn't sure what story he had told them, but I was sent away after this. I ultimately ended up with a disciplinary on my record, but no further consequences. Other team members were interviewed over the next few days, and once the pattern of abuse was established, 
Raj was terminated from the company. The most satisfying part of this was the day after, when everyone on the course went out for dinner. Natalie insisted that he stand next to her for the division group photograph, black eyes and all. I have to think that photograph contributed to his downfall in some way. This makes me think of a quote by masterful poet Matt Barnes. Violence is never the answer, but sometimes it is. I'm not saying what OP did was the right thing to do, but it did set off the chain reaction for what I think is a very appropriate ending for Raj. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of both of these stories that I've read today, which was your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.